BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew greetings and welcome ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the vault podcast classic music reviews presented by iv creative it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view we appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything but you're right here with us so we thank you with you today is yours truly b cox and with me i have in the place to be my boy j-o of course, always breaking down the classics with me here. want to thank everybody as well for continuing to listen and to support the show. Numbers have been going great, guys. And of course, for all of you who have been checking out our website, vaultclassicpod.com. Thank you so much for visiting. We definitely appreciate the support and want to make sure that you guys are going out there interacting on the website. Leave a review. Go ahead and add yourself to the mailing list. Also, leave us a voicemail. That microphone in the bottom right-hand corner with the blue button. Go ahead and press that. You can leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you think about the show. Just show us some love. Give your input. Whatever you want to do. And, of course, the best voice messages, we're going to play them here on the show. So make sure y'all stay tuned for that as well. Hope everybody's having a healthy and safe holiday season wherever you are within the sound of my voice, stateside and worldwide. Continue to show love. And we are wrapping up this year, y'all. I told y'all we would have an action-packed end of the year, and we're coming up to the close of that. As of this week, we will have an album review, and next week, make sure y'all are staying tuned because it will be the final show of 2021, our top five and top ten list for 91 2001 and 1996 as a matter of fact 96 is so packed jay that we have to have a top 10 and not a top five because it will be criminal not to do so exactly so y'all make sure y'all check that out man it's going to be explosive as we always say here on the vault our motto is hashtag open the vault hashtag nothing but the classics or mbtc and jay this is the final episode that we'll be doing an album review for this year and you know, interestingly enough and fittingly enough, it comes with the last big album that came out in the last of the years that we are doing here on the Vault Classic Music Reviews, which was 2001. And this album, I thought it was fitting that it closed out the year considering how what happened right near the end of summer and uh, what its significance to an album that came out earlier this year and how those two will always be, I think, forever linked because of what was going on between the two rappers who released those two albums. So we're going to go back to 2001 and we're going to go back to December 18th, 2001 to the fifth studio album by Nas Stomatic released on ill will and Columbia records recorded between 2000 and 2001 with a runtime of 56 minutes and 34 seconds. 
producers on this, the executive producer, one of the first things we found out about this actually is Destiny Jones, who was Nas's daughter. And at that time, she was, I would say, probably within uh, like probably like eight or nine years old. He did that strategically so that she could continue to get a bigger cut of the royalties for this album so long as the, uh, the tracks from this album were being played. Other associate producers on this as well, returning on this, working with Nas, DJ Premier, LES, Large Professor, Track Masters, also working on this with Nas, Salam Remy, the late, great Chucky Thompson, may he rest in peace. Also, Mike Risco, Precision, Megahertz, Baby Paul, among others. Four singles coming out with Stillmatic. The first one was Rule featuring A. Marie. The second one was Got Yourself a Gun, released December 4th, 2001. And another song came out December 4th, 2001 as well, as we all know. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Hmm. Um, the Flyest, which came out later on in December. And then One Mike, which really came out in the spring of 2002, which was an explosive song, not just in the theme of it and also the delivery, but then also in the video that came out for that uh, song as well. So... Jay, we'll talk a little bit here about Stillmatic. And before we even get into where we were and what we thought about it, as a matter of fact, hell, this is one of the few albums that actually we were both in the same place. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, but we'll we'll talk about heading into this. Now, heading into Stillmatic, Nas at the end of the century, into the turn of the century, was kind of in a place where he was vulnerable. And he had just, the last album he released actually was this Nostradamus album, which, I mean, need we say any more about that? Now, we've had this conversation on Twitter over and over again about Nostradamus, that there were some ill songs on Nostradamus, but the thing which dragged it down to a lot of people was the fact that the really bad tracks on there drugged the album down so badly that it caused a reaction of people to say this is not to his standard, this is way, way below Nas' standard, and it was people talking about, yo, Nas done fell off, you know? And then afterwards, he follows it up with the Braveheart album, the compilation album. And then at that point, you know, he's out of the public eye being like someone who everyone, you know, reveres greatly in regards to being successful commercially. And Jay-Z started to take the throne, should we say. And interestingly enough, as this happens in the summer of 2001, not known to many people of the rap public, but for those of us who were in the blogs and listening and downloading mixtapes, there was a feud going on between Jay-Z and Nas. Now, there had been a feud bubbling beneath the surface for many different years, probably even going back to, let's say, even 1999, when still when both Nostradamus and The Life and Time of uh, Sean Carter, Volume 3, came out, where there were some subtle sort of like references to each other that people will point out were made on both albums. Well, by the time 2001 came around, it was fully out there. They were beefing with each other. And... Jay-Z released a blueprint on September 11, 2001, and on it had the song Takeover. Now, we all know what Takeover was about. This was Jay-Z's shot directly across the bow, not just at Nas, but at Prodigy from Mob Deep as well. So everybody's sitting there wondering, is Nas going to respond? How is he going to respond? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So then we get word that a Nas album is coming out. And we know that there's a single out there. And then also there was word that, you know, Lodge Professor's back producing for, with them. Primo's producing the track, Trackmaster's LES. And then the word was that this album was going to be a little bit back to return to the roots. Well, we had sort of heard Got Yourself a Gun. But then on December 4, 2001, Ether came out. Ether was the direct response to TakeOver. 
And uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, Jay, but I think like the response to Ether when it dropped, I think part of it was, I think, more so shocked than anything else. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I, I mean, because I think everyone sort of understood, like, we didn't think that Nas would be able really to become so hard at somebody on the track and the venom that he had in that track, that it was so explosive that the song itself has created a mythology and has created a popularity amongst itself that it has now been rendered just as a term, as a verb. You've been ethered. And, <laughs> and now... That is now being included on this Nas album. So then I think if anything else, regardless of any other single that came out, Rule or Got Yourself a Gun or The Flyest or whatever, that's what got people juiced to listen to Stillmatic more than anything else. And this is two weeks before, two weeks before the album comes out. And then the album comes out December 18th. Everybody listens to it and then everybody digs into it. So now we're going to get into, of course, where we were. So I'll start with you, Jay, man. This came out while we were both still at Morgan. This was the fall of the 2001. Then when all these songs were coming out, this is right around the tail end of the semester. So everybody's sort of digging in, getting ready for finals. And just give us your reaction in regards to hearing Stillmatic for the first time and the buildup towards it and what you thought in regards to the album and how Nas sort of rebounded, if he did, off of the, what people, many people thought were disappointments and I Am and Nostradamus as well as the other work he did in between. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, back then we was at Morgan, and I'm. I, it's funny. I might. I might be one of the few that remembers like the stuff, like even leading up to Ether. Like mm-hmm. Ether definitely hit hard. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if you may recall, man. Like the H to the Izzo freestyle over the page of yeah, Full Beat, yeah, the Stillmatic freestyle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the Stillmatic freestyle, and um, and um, and other he did over the I for I beat, like mm-hmm. which is also credited as like a diss towards Jay Z. So like, yeah, kind of knew something was brewing, but it's like oh, okay, like. This like on some mixtape stuff, but like I don't know where it's gonna go. But then when ETH actually dropped, like it was like a bomb. Like you know, part of the expressions fest, everything going on with that year. But yeah, it was it just like it just like hit hard as hell. Like mm-hmm. and then when Still Mad it came out as an album, with that type of like impact, you you kind of question whether or not it's gonna like the rest of the album's gonna hold up or it's gonna be one of those filler albums. Like you know, that's the one staying out track. Everything else is like yeah, mediocre. Uh, exactly. Um. But no, this one this one actually held up. I mean, as far as like, you know, what I'm saying like James, like um, Primo, I believe Large Professor produced the things and like other elements on there, and yeah, Nas pretty much like you know, what I'm saying going hard at other people, which I mean, we'll get into later. But yeah, oh yeah, definitely, um, yeah, yeah, like you know, what I'm saying so like, I mean, even though I mean, I know this this would probably be like a whole different topic, like but I do feel it, it kind of like took Jay Z to bring it out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, like so. It's one of the ones that still is like in my in my rotation. Maybe not as much as others, but yeah, it was a, it was like a brief refresh I had to do as far as the strain, as far as like just the impact and being in my room studying, listening to this drain, and mm, yeah. kind of like giving me that illmatic feel again. You know what I mean? I mean I know yeah. it's called stillmatic, but it kind of like he kind of went back a little bit to go forward. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I mean I'm all about progression too, but like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that as far as like reaching back to so see you, you know what I'm saying excel. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so like, man, I mean, I mean, saying like Jay Z did that too. I mean, mm-hmm. I know he had that line on like on um on the next one, niggas want my old shit, buy my old albums. But he yeah. kind of reached back too, like you know, as far as like summer of '97 Volume One. But then by the time Volume Two came out, like with Hard Knock Life, it kind of went back to that gritty street sound. So like, yeah, Jay Z has actually adopted that formula too, as far as like his career and be able to excel to where he is. Indeed, indeed, yeah. 
I, I agree with you, man. And let me just, you know, of course, where I was, you know, I was at, at Morgan. And I'll tell you this. From like 99 up until about, until Stillmatic came out, it was a couple of rough years for Nas fans. I've made it no mistake since I started this podcast. I'm a Nas guy. Have been ever since Illmatic, will be for such a long time. And, you know, his artistry, his level of emceeing, the style of emceeing is something that I've always been a fan of. I mean, Nas is directly out of the school of emceeing uh, in Rakim's like vein. Like that is to me, I've always been a fan of that style of emceeing. That's the reason why Nas, I was always a fan of his. And, but when you got Nostradamus and when you, like you saw, it was really hard to like justify being a Nas fan to people, especially those who were Tupac fans or were still on that Tupac bandwagon that, you know, fuck Nas type shit. And also the ones who were Jay-Z fans and he was starting to ascend while it seemed as though Nas was going down the escalator, Jay-Z was going up the escalator. So it made it kind of hard to be a Nas fan and then to be able to hang on to that. Then when like, you know, you had, of course, like, you know, the Stillmatic freestyles and then the other freestyle is just to Jay-Z. But then when Jay put out TakeOver, it was just like, wow. It's like, yo, it literally like, you know, it's funny enough we're talking about this and as I use a football rivalry term, like if you were a fan of a team formerly known as the Redskins, now known as the Washington football team, and then it's hard for you to be a fan of theirs when you you lose to their biggest rivals all the time, which is the Dallas Cowboys. And that's sort of like the feeling that I had with Nas when Jay-Z dropped the takeover. Now, mind you, I'm a Jay fan too, but if, it, if I had to choose between the two, between Jay-Z and Nas, I'm choosing Nas every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So it made it kind of hard to be a Nas fan. So when he dropped Ether, I was like, finally, because I was wondering whether he was going to respond or not. And, you know, like here, it's like nowadays they'd be like, usually you have 24 hours to respond in disc records in this new age of social media. Back then, you could wait a little bit of time. But even two, one month passed, two months passed, almost three months passed, and he didn't respond. And then suddenly he comes out with a response which is better than anybody could ever think. So that's what had me really juiced to be able to listen to this album. Then the source review came out and the source had it at five mics. So I was like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, now mind you blueprint had already received a five mic rating earlier that year. So I'm saying, is this album, are they saying that this album is at or on the same level as blueprint? If it is, then my goodness, I'm like, okay, so let's go ahead and take a listen to it. And you know, being able to grab the album right before I left school and having it the entire Christmas break was like a godsend. And like you said, Jay, he went back to his roots in Illmatic, talking about things like life in the ghetto, talking about politics, social issues, really sort of going back to that base of what made Nas Nas. That's what really, to me, the success of the album jumped on. And then production-wise, we talk about this a lot. Nas, when it comes to his beat selection, uh, if it and is, is any knock on his career to so the fact that he hasn't been able to pick good beats, you know, mm -hmm. the lyrics have always been there, but the beats though, I mean, cause the beats on Nostradamus, some of them, he had some bangers, but then some of them were just like, really like, ah, uh, you can do so much better than this. Like you have the best weapon in your lyrics and in your flow, but you don't back them up with the production that can highlight them. So to be able to hear the production on this was like, all right, man, this is, this is back on track. I loved it. 
listening to this album, like you said, being able to sit in the dorm and like, yo, sit and study to this shit. This wasn't be anything that you put on the car when you go out to go party or anything like that. But, yo, if you're getting ready to make some music, if you were in the dorm studying, if you were in a car ride or something, this was a really, really good listen. And then lyrically, I felt as though Nas was sort of back on on it because it wasn't just like he was throwing darts at Jay-Z. Like you said, he had darts at other people he had to throw at, throw at as well. And he made that known through a couple of songs on here. So if anything, I felt like this was Nas's comeback album. Like Chris Rock explained it one time and said that this album was sort of like his version of Mama's Gonna Knock You Out. Like he had to come back after he had taken a fall and he got back on top just to let people know who he was. And as a Nas fan, being appreciative of his best work and knowing what he's capable of, that's what I loved more than anything else is the fact that he showed everybody just who the fuck he was. So, yeah. yeah. And then, so now we're going to get into highlights and just talk about, you know, what you liked, what you didn't like. So, Jay, go into us, man. Give you your highlights or lowlights of Stillmatic. Uh, let me see. So many is on, on this train. So, uh, let me just, yeah, of course, I mean, of course, Ether. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I mean, I, I love rewind. Like just whole the whole concept behind rewind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> yes. Um, second childhood, because again, I just love I just love that primo sound, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, destroy and rebuild. Mm-hmm. Probably what goes around. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's poison. Yeah. As, as, <laughs> as far as low lights, I don't want to say. I mean, the general got yourself a gun. I mean, not the track itself was a low light, but. I don't know if you remember B, but like, remember like they played on like MTV and BET and all like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It used to irk the hell out of me. They, blur, they, blur, like, they, would, they wouldn't let them say gun on that drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You got yeah. yourself, yourself. Like, okay, yeah. what though? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, what do you got yourself? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was like, I mean, like, I mean, the track I thought was dope. I mean, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. it's just the fact like, that the, they, it's like, man, it's like some songs they do that too. It's like, yeah. Why even play it? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I like. Right. Rather, I'd rather not even play the journal on the radio or or, or um, MTV or BET or whatever. But um, yeah, I remember that shit. They used to do yeah. like gotcha, gotcha. And, um, <laughs> 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 yeah. and I was I would say um, I would have to say, and again, it's a little bit nuanced of calling it a low light of smoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my reason for saying that is I felt like I felt like that was more of like a mixtape track as opposed to something that should be on like the finished product of Stillmatic. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, nothing was, I mean, it wasn't whack. I mean, the production was straight. I mean, mm-hmm. it was more mixtape quality than album quality, in my opinion. Yeah. True. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. 
Well, for me, my highlights. Um, I love I love the intro just even off the break. Just that mm. out that that track by Hangman Three and and that Stacy Lattisall track that they sampled on that joint. Like, yo, that's a very very inventive sample. Um, uh, I love you're the man. Like, Lost Professor did some work on here, man. I mean, you're the man. Uh, that track is one of my favorite beats by his. He then follows it up with Rewind. And like you say, Jay, that concept of the song. Like, if you think about, like, just, just listening to those lyrics and then even visualizing what it is that he's saying, right? Visually, this is just one of those things you talk about. Like, you know, Nas did this on, you know, I Gave You Power. Like, the visualization that he gave you in the lyrics. Like, you picturing what the hell is going on. You're actually picking him. Like, yo, the bullet going back into the gun. Him jumping out of the van back first. You know, going walking back into the crib. And everything. And then even the whole line about the wholesome, yeah, smoking the blunt, the boy, you know, the weed goes back into the jaw and then the blunt turns back into a cigar. Like, I mean, like, come on, man. And then, of course, the biggest one out of all of them, the nigga saying, no hell, she said, me kiss, she bit the shit to come back in my dick. (laughs) I mean... I think when he when he did that, I think I literally, and no pun intended, I rewound that line probably like four or five times in a row. Like, hold on, what? Hold on, what the fuck? This nigga just say that he say no hell. <laughs> she said me kiss. She spit the nut back in my dick. Like, whoa, get the fuck out of here. Like that is the type of shit. Like, nah, that's what makes him great. Like, who the fuck would have ever thought about doing a song like that? Like, literally spitting a story in reverse. To think about the logistically what the fuck you have to do as a writer. You literally have to be able to, and to, to do that, you have to picture the story going in motion forward, then do it backwards. I mean, crazy. Just absolutely crazy. One mic. I mean. Of course. First of all, rest in peace, Chucky Thompson. Um, my goodness. One mic was something that it was so explosive that I think it was so also also something that we had never heard from Nas before. The concept of being able to take the relaxed flow and then the beat sort of being one way, one second, and soon it, packs, it picks back up that he's yelling into the mic and then it just goes right back slow again, you know, all the way into the hook. And psh, that, to me, again, another staple Nas track. Um, Primo with Second Childhood. I mean, not just the beat because it's Primo and the shit is ridiculous. The vocal samples... And then just the, the what he's talking about in those different verses, too. It's just something that, to me, will become very evident, even in my later life, about the whole concept of a second childhood. And you understand and know that there are people out there that live that every single day. Um, I've seen, I've seen plenty of them. Jesus, exactly. Here we are. Some of us 40, and there's people still in these second childhoods, like, for real. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I was actually thinking about it. Yeah, I was thinking about the other day. Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I'll be seeing, like, Sometimes you be seeing like people around the way, like you know what I'm saying, still posted up and still posted you know what I'm up and stuff like that. And like I ain't gonna lie, like a little part of me kind of like misses those times, everything like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I kind of like smack myself, like wait a minute, I'm forty, You're forty, right? Exactly. I got a wife and kids now. You know what I'm yeah, saying? We like, got responsibilities and shit now, exactly. dog. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the flyest with AZ. I mean, whatever Nas and AZ link up is great, but. This, to me, like one of their best collabo tracks that they have. And, you know, L.E.S. on here on the track. And, you know, I actually, I'm actually one of the few people that actually loves this hook. And I'm glad that this is one of those hooks that they got singers to sing instead of having Nas sing it. Because I was like, to me, it sounds even better that way. Um, but uh, Every Ghetto, I think, is a great way to be able to close out the, close out the album. That sample that they use for Every Ghetto, which, of course, is main title by John Williams. 
this, you know, it, I think it's a, that's a great way to actually to have that sample in the subject matter to close out the actual album. Other, you know, highlights that I have, obviously, Destroy and Rebuild. I feel like Nas, on this album, like when you talk about the comeback album, I felt like he had to sort of get at everybody and he wanted to send a message to folks, man, to let them know, like, yo, I, I, I'm going to let y'all know I'm, I'm back. And also the rest of y'all motherfuckers out here, like, yo, I can't do this shit for y'all. Like, y'all niggas out here riding my coattails of the success, man, for real. Y'all need to go there, go ahead and get yours. And uh, he took one more chance to be able to take a shot at Mega while they were still beefing. Because I think at that point he was tired because Mega had was continued to be on his nuts. And it's like... <laughs> He was like, yo, you keep using, have my name in your mouth, nigga. Like, there's been how many years since you've been doing this shit? So that was a highlight to me. If I have any lowlights, I do have to agree with you, though. Smoking. Um, I do feel like that would have been something that would have been better. Actually, if they, they would have included something like that on Lost Tapes, and they yeah. would have put something on Lost Tapes onto Stillmatic. Like, I mean, I almost like would have liked to have heard Blazer 50 on Stillmatic rather than to have this joint here. So, you know, um... And then another one that I have here as well is that I, I kind of I'm not really a big fan of my country um, because it's like another one of those songs that kind of feels a little forced, especially the hook, you know. So sometimes Nas does these hooks and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. This to me wasn't one that worked very well. But those are like the two lowlights that I have on here. Everything else, though, pretty much is solid to good to great. To me, what I liked is the fact that, you know, he worked with these producers, worked with Megahertz. Megahertz killing that beat on Got Yourself a Gun. Everybody mm -hmm. sort of talks about Ether, you know, Ron Browse and that beat. Like, you know, everybody's like, you know, oh, well, you know, the lyrics are crazy, but the beat ain't all that great. Like, yeah, huh? that's cool. But you know what? The one thing you have to give Ron Browse credit for is that when you hear that beat, you know what it's for. Like, you don't have to guess that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you hear Ether, you know what the beat of Ether sounds like. And... You know, from the minute those gunshots ring out until you hear that fir those first, like, stabs, you know exactly what the hell that beat is and what that beat belongs to. So, yeah, so shout out to the producers, man, and shout out to them picking some beats on here because, you know, I kind of thought that going into uh, Nostradamus, and no disrespect to Dame Grease, I kind of felt like some of those beats were, were poorly timed, you know what I mean? And then... Yeah. Then not even to make the mention of Timbo and and <laughs> and you know what on you know what album. So it's just like nah, man. It's it's. I'm glad that this they came out with this joint. So now we're gonna get to notable quotables, and I have a couple. Yeah, I'll get started actually with notable quotables, and mine is actually from Nas's second verse on Second Childhood, and mm. I used this one in particular because I ran into so many people like this. Right around this time. And the reason why I say this is my notable quotable, Jay, is because when this song came out in 2001, I was sort of like I was still, you know, in college, but not far removed from high school. And when I went home during this break, I saw something and things that made me think about this particular verse. And it always kind of stuck with me. So second verse, dude is 31 living in his mom's crib. Ex-convict was paroled there after his long bed. Cornrows in his hair, still slinging got a crew. They break his mom's furniture, watching Comic View. Got babies by a different ladies high, smoking L's in the same spot. He stood since 85. Well, when the stash low, he be crazy. Say he buys mom's hitter on a payday. Junior high school dropout. Teachers never cared. They just paid just to show up and leave. No one succeeds. So we moves different peers, different blocks, different years, sitting on different benches like his musical chairs. All those people's moved on in life. He on the corners at night with young dudes dummies want to be like it's sad but it's fun to him right he never grew up 31 and can't give his youth up he's in his second childhood, childhood. yeah i mean Damn, 
You know, growing up, yeah, yeah. You, you know, growing up in in DC, man, especially you know when we was in, either you was in the city or you were in the county that you used to go around certain hoods and you would see dudes like this all the time, and you see dudes like this in the hood and all the time anyway. But yeah. particular in our experience, you know, growing up where we grew up at, we used to see dudes like this all the time, man. And depending on which areas we was at, we would see them guys. They would be the same ones. They would still be on the corner living this life, dude, dudes in their 30s and stuff like that. Got a bunch of kids and not really doing what the hell they supposed to be doing. So that really kind of stuck with me. That's the reason why I made that my notable quotable. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, even now, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It'd be like people, somebody, some even like older than me still was like, on the like on the corner, like living that hood, like around the way, life type shit, and like not to judge, but at the same time, like I'm saying, you got to go to grow. That's yeah. it, just, it just made me think about that. So like, mm-hmm. it's not even so much like you selling the seven seas, living, you know what I'm saying, traveling all over the world, but yeah, but you still be on that same shit. It's like you know what I'm saying, it ain't 95 no more. Right, exactly. It's crazy. I'm going back like 25 plus years to say that, but like, I can really think of people like the ones that are like older than me that people looked up to. Then mm-hmm. fast forward now, it's still in the same type of shit, more or less. And, you know what I'm saying? You got people younger than, like, probably like 12, 13 now looking up these dudes. Like, you know what I'm saying? They, yeah, like they're the man. Like they gods or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me too, man. That could be a whole other podcast right there, man. <laughs> exactly, like, uh, right. Exactly. No bullshit. <laughs> you like, true it, about so that. True say shit. about that, but I'm going to keep it tame. True shit. True shit. Yeah. But um, as far as my quotable, I got to go with um, Destroy and Rebuild. Like, verse one, like, he had a mass appeal and a little boy smile. Depressed as a complex, his mouth was foul. You need to stay around. I feel like he's telling some stories. First, this is arrogant. Fuck, his name's Corey. Hung around my man's lake and big Trevor. Trevor's still locked up. Lake's getting his cheddar. Corey changed his name to, oh, uh, whatever. Cornship Buckley lookalike is back. Dude, when I first heard this, I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. I'm sitting like, oh, like, like, yeah. like, like they arguing in front of me or something mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. Then, mm-hmm. And then, like, I mean, even the James who was going to Prodigy, he was like, you ain't from my hood. You don't even wear QB. And, and, and to go back to your point, but he even took a shot at nature on his drink. Nature yeah. moved to Marcy, man. Dick fried nature. Nothing else to say, man. Nature moved to Marcy, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He took some shots on some people. I think he finally got tired of because, you know, I, I go back to not only this track, but then to a track that he had on his next joint on Godson. Talking mm-hmm. about last real nigga alive, which yeah, he oh, talked about dream. somehow niggas, you know, when he was sort of gone, niggas sort of talked shit about him behind his back, thinking that he was done. And I think that there was a talk amongst not just Jay and his camp, but even fools that you would have thought would have been his mans, you know what I'm saying? To be like, yo, they don't think, you know, the niggas is thinking Nas is done. And, um, I think that was his way of sort of firing back at all of them. I mean, he had a beef with Pieta. He had a gripe with Prodigy. He definitely had a gripe with Nature. And then shit, the shit between him and Cormega is well known. I mean, that's uh, that was something that has been known ever since, uh, right after it was written up until, I would say, recently when they finally reconciled, you know? Oh, which was King's Disease, they, too. Yeah, right? on, on, King, on the first King's Disease. When, uh, when, the, when the firm came back together and they, they did. And I'm glad that they finally reconciled that shit like almost 25 years after the fact. But, you know... So, but yeah, I feel like he had a bone to pick with all of them and niggas was thinking he was done. You know what I'm saying? And it was sort of like <laughs> in the wire when, uh, when Clay, Clay Davis was in trouble the last season and he was like, so y'all, see so y'all out on me, huh? Y'all thinking I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way he was, man. He had big energy on that song, man. Just like that. Just like that. 
So, so now we're going to get into the final verdict. And, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of, I would say on this album and social media space, the, you know, the opinions vary on this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, since then, let's also then talk about that this album that we're listening to now is actually not the same album that came out in 2001. So, uh, the one out track on here that I believe that was a definite low light is one that's, that was only available just for a couple of months, and that was Braveheart Party, which was <laughs> the song with Nas and also Mary J's. That was actually removed from the later pressings in the versions of Stillmatic at Mary J. Blige's request. Now, we don't know exactly why, but we just know that they removed it from it. And uh, to me, I think that made the album better when they removed it. So, <laughs> because when it first came out, I think that was the one album I couldn't stand... That was the one song I couldn't stand to listen to. So <laughs> so now we're going to get into the final verdict and the final test to see what we think about it. Do we think it's a certified classic, borderline classic, just a classic in its time, or not a classic at all? And, Jay, what they say you about Stillmatic? Damn, going certified classic, 9 out of 10. Certified classic, 9 out of 10. I am yeah. going to actually go certified classic, and I'm actually going to give it a 7 out of 10. And the reason why I'm saying seven out of 10 is because I do think the two low lights for me on this with smoking and uh, my country kind of bring it down just a little bit, just a little bit. And uh, I honestly even think that like, had Hey, had they had taken these two songs off and put those on the lost tapes and have we gotten two songs from the lost tapes on, uh, on this, like you got to love it or even blazer 50. I think we would have had a certified classic 10 out of 10 and it would be a battle. I think between this and blueprint for the best album of 2001. So I'd still think it's a classic. I do think this is one of probably the three that Nas has in his catalog as of right now. Um, But I think that this kind of takes a little bit of a step back because of those two songs right there. But overall still a very, very dope. uh, still a very dope project with, songs that obviously will stay with you for quite some time and something that even 20 years later we're still listening to and still reference not just because of the classic diss track but then also because of the songs and how Nas stepped up and stepped back into the void that was empty that since he sort of you know took a step back as the things he talked about on Last Real Nigga Alive things that were happening in the background why he couldn't focus on music i.e. the things that was going on with his mother and his mother's death so you know, yeah, so definitely, y'all. Stillmatic, 20 years later. Make sure y'all definitely go check it out, man. Anniversary, lots of articles come out about this. Make sure y'all go check it out. Listen to it. Let us know what you think. Yo, y'all want to let us know what y'all think about the review. Again, hit us up on social media, at Vault Classic Pod, at Vault Classic on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast, vaultclassicpod.com. Go ahead and leave a review. Hit us up with a voicemail message and let us know what y'all think. We love to hear from. Oh, I was gonna say too, like um, I want um, I figure like you know what I'm saying in the spirit of side, I might as well address the elephant in the room too. Like mm-hmm. as far as like it, it just makes me think back to 2001, man. Like I think the Raptor probably took the most L's during that year was Prodigy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, like no, I mean yeah, because like for one, you think about I mean probably even in 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 the golden age of hip hop when you think about it, like. I mean, cause you think about like everybody, I mean, 2001, he got dissed by Jay-Z and Nas. And the thing about, he also got dissed by Pac too. So you got three heavyweights and it came at your neck. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He, the thing about it. I'm like, damn. Yeah. And it, to me, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago when 
we talked about Hell on Earth and how that was really the beginning, I think, when he was really top tier level MC, like from Hell on Earth mm-hmm. all the way through to Murder Music, all the way to like HNIC in 2000. Well, that ended his run, I think, in 2000. By the time 2001 came around, by the time he got put on the screen on Summer Jam was like mm-hmm. the end of that run. And I think ever yeah. since then, they never put out music. Mob Deep and P himself never reached that level, I think. At that point, there were bright spots, you know, hold you down, a couple other features here and there. But I never thought as an artist he really reached that level again, you know. And rest in peace, of course, to the God, man, uh, to Prodigy. Yeah, I mean, sure. yo, but but he did. He, so. took, he took some L's during that year. Absolutely. He took probably the biggest L's of anybody that year was definitely Prodigy, even bigger than Jay. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that was um, that that's definitely true. Yeah. Prodigy took some losses during that year. But you can't win them all, and you can't stay on top and at the top of your game forever. The rap and hip-hop will let us know that, you know what I'm saying? And Absolutely. you will fall, and when you do fall, the game will be there to see it. So, <laughs> good call right there, though, Jay. Good call. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our host on Red Circle. You can also visit us on our website on vaultclassicpod.com. There you can get to every one of our episode pages. Check out our episode. It has all of our streaming sources. You can also leave a review and also leave us a voicemail message as well. The blue button with the microphone in the bottom right-hand corner on the page lets you leave a voicemail. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. Show us some love. Let us know how we're doing. And of course, the best messages there will make it onto the show and on our promo material. So make sure y'all go ahead and drop us a note. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphone on and your music loud and not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, We say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.